Okay, welcome to the Culture Pros podcast this evening by me, Coaching and Games, where we offer an insight into different areas of coaching along with news and regular updates of the latest projects that we're rolling out across the county. I'm your host this evening, co-hosting with Dermot. Uh, my name's Damien Sheridan. I'm a GPO worker within the county for clubs Delete Bellistown, Rackenny and Screen. Tonight we're going to talk around women competing and taking part within sport. We've got some very special and distinguished guests on. Uh, Moira Shoktasi, uh, Donovan Ashburn, All Island winning captain for 2020 Mead Ladies and uh, a superstar all round. We've Ricky Wall, Dunboyne, again another all star and the Players Player of the Year for 2020. And Jane Dolan, who referenced Blackhawk Gales Club, again an all star from 2010 all the way up to 2017, all island winner again, like the other two girls as well. Um, so, again, three superstars on the call and podcast this evening. So, we're actually delighted to have you all on. Before we go any further, I suppose I should wish Jane happy birthday for yesterday. So, happy birthday for that. Um, <laughs> we're going to get straight into the the intros, so I'm going to ask Moya just to come on and give a little brief introduction to herself. Yeah, um, so my name is Moira O'Shaughnessy. Um, I'm 28 years of age and I play um, ladies Gaelic football with Junamore Ashburn and Mead Ladies. Um, so I suppose I would have played football um, my my whole life, kind of from a young age, um, I would have played with Mead the whole way up underage as well, from from under fourteens right up to to senior, um, and I joined the the intercounty senior team and um, the Mead senior team in two thousand and thirteen, and have been playing since then. Okay, that's super. Uh, get Vicky, maybe just give a little intro to yourself there. Yeah, so uh, Vicky Wall is my name. I'm uh, 22, um, so play for Dunboyne. And then same as Moira, I've been playing with me, the underage, since about under 12 and um, joined the senior team in 2015 and have been playing ever since as well. OK, thanks again. And finally, last but not least, Jane, if you want to give a little introduction to yourself. Yeah, hi guys. My name's Jane Dolan. I um, thank you, girls, for for ca calling in your your date of birth. But I'm 33. Um, I play with Blackhall Gales, and I've been playing Meath Camogie uh, all of, through the years. So I originally actually would have started off playing playing Meath football, and would have transitioned over to Camogie uh, pretty much from under or from minor onwards. Um, so yeah, that's it. Okay, that's super. Um, before we go any further, I want to thank the girls for coming on. They've all very busy lives, so we're going to get straight into the questions. And I suppose we're going to talk at the beginning about how you've found the transition, I suppose, from club football. I know you've all mentioned that you've played football for a long time. You've probably been on underage squads all the way up to senior. So I'm going to just ask you to maybe talk about how you found the transition from club to county football and the demands that it was put on you, how you dealt with that. So maybe we'll go to Moira first there. Um, yeah, so I suppose um, I joined the, the senior panel in 2013, um, but I suppose having played with Mead underage teams um, the whole way up, I suppose I kind of had a, a bit of an understanding as to what was um, required um, to, I suppose, play at the, the highest level. Um, that we can play at in our sports so um, I suppose I found the transition 
tough initially, um, but I suppose I kind of, there probably wasn't as much of, uh, like I think the game has probably developed a lot more in the last couple of years where I think the demands have got um, are, are a lot more um, for a player. And um, I suppose I found the transition, um, you know, back then it was tough in terms of the, the higher quality of, I suppose, of football and, um, you know, the physical kind of attributes of it. But I suppose over the years, um, you know, I, I've seen it kind of filter into different aspects of my life where, um, you know, you need that commitment as well, I suppose, um, in terms of your, your nutrition and um, your strength and conditioning. Um, and also your your personal life as well. So, um, you know the the demands I think are, are kind of growing with the game. Um, so I suppose into back when I first started, I I didn't find the transition too hard. I suppose, but I think over the years, um, you know I've I've every year I think it's it's a challenge in itself, kind of um playing for for the the senior team. Mm. And Vicky, I suppose we might get your opinion on that question. How you felt yourself transitioning. Yeah, so like more, I would have played a lot underage, but when I came on to the senior team, I wasn't coming on with any of the girls that I played underage with. So I think I was 16 when I first joined the senior team and it was kind of in a transitional period when I think a lot of the players that Moyer would have started with in 2013 had kind of decided to hang up the boots. So I was coming in at a time where I didn't wasn't really familiar with a lot of the girls. So I found the transition, like you're, you're kind of comfortable, like every age group I was moving up, I knew exactly who I was playing with. So I think it was the first time I kind of had to step outside my comfort zone and I remember specifically my first training session was in Drumbara and we we barely had lights you know the pitch the pitch wasn't in the greatest nick it was probably November time and I remember um Kate Byrne who's still playing now I just remember she was just so good to me that on my first evening you know young pup kind of heading up and just Mm -hmm. like literally in awe of everyone so I think she like I think it's just it kind of shows that like if you have someone to take you under your wing a bit maybe it helps the transition um I would have been lucky enough that I came from Dunboyne that at the time we kind of had a we were getting ourselves back together with a strong enough panel so I would have been used to maybe hard trainings and stuff like that so I, I don't know whether the physicality I think what Moyer said definitely has increased over time and commitments as well but I think the transition definitely helps when you have a good core group of players there to kind of bring the younger girls along. Yeah and I suppose I'd agree with you saying then if you have an experienced player to kind of take you under your wing then to bring you into the setup it, it makes that transition emotionally a lot easier as well. Definitely, just introducing you to a few girls and like just having a conversation with you. I feel like it, you don't feel like you're the odd one out if just one person who is kind of established in the group just brings you in and, and shows you around, really. Yeah, that's perfect. And I suppose, Jane, I think you mentioned that you started off as a football county stand, then changed codes over to Camogie, I suppose. So you, you, you made a lot of transitions, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Um... I would have been on the Mead senior panel for football back in 2005-2006 so and I would have only really uh, started playing county camogie at a senior level from 2007 when John Davis took over the the situation so uh, I think similar to tomorrow when when I would have started playing camogie we were really only starting out in terms of from a county setup um, with a new setup so and we were at a completely different grade to where we are at today so I think that the level of of um, training and everything has increased massively over the over the years uh from back then but purely because we're at a different level now so there's a completely different uh commitment required to be able to compete at the, at the higher level so 
I was lucky in a way to start off at the we were kind of at the bottom of the of the rung, but we worked our way up through the through the years and and I suppose developed in terms of training and developed in terms of strength and condition, nutrition, all of that side of things kind of came with it. So uh, we were lucky in that sense. Just a, f- a follow up question um, on that for, for each of you, you've kind of all touched on it and, and highlighted how the game has changed over time. Um, and I know, Myra, you kind of mentioned strength and condition and nutrition. Um, and I'll go to you first. Do you know, can you just describe how that's changed from when you started, say, you know, 15, 16 into minor and and how it is now and, and, and how that's impacted your game? Yeah, um, so I suppose it's been a whole new world um, to to me and, and my game over the last couple of years. Um, I think when I came up onto the, the senior team in 2013, I was very eager and I really wanted to, to kind of make the best impression and kind of get my foot in the door um, as kind of anyone is when they, when they first kind of come up to, to the panel. But I suppose like I, I like there was no gym underage, say for me, like at minor under 16, it just, it wasn't a thing. Um, I remember then coming up to, when I came in 2013, we had a club gym in, there, there was no kind of gym programs with the team. Uh, there was no SNC coach. There was nothing like that. This is all uh, terminology that I didn't, I would have never even heard back then. Um, but I, I remember when I came up to 2013, our, our club had a tiny little gym and I kind of knew that the the senior men, like the, the lads that represented me in the club were going up. So I kind of wanted to go up and do what I was supposed to be doing, but not knowing what that was and like not having a clue of what the equipment was called or how to use it. Um, and I kind of remember going up my first day and kind of, I, I don't think I actually used any of the equipment. I think I did a plank or stuff that I'd Googled. And uh, I kind of went home and kind of didn't, I kind of didn't really understand the fuss. So it was only kind of in 2017 when we got a new management in um, and an SNC coach that we first started off um, even kind of lifting weights or looking after the conditioning side of it or injury prevention or anything like that um, and like it's I think it's like it's like our, our management we still have now have kept kind of the records of us all when we did all our, our first testing and you know we'll, we'll often see them from time to time in our different files and it's incredible like you could have girls who could barely have lifted the barbell um to do a bench press or, or even a box squat are now lifting you know or box squatting hundreds of kgs and um you know it's i think we've developed in that area so so much as a team and and individually as well um you know it's it's two days strength and conditioning it's three days pitch so it's it's up there with with just as much as the the pitch work um so it's it's massively developed um i know for our team and for me individually over the last number of years especially t- since uh 2017 and and like i said when i first came in 2013 it just wasn't a thing at all at all for ladies football yeah it, it is interesting and, and you've you've highlighted it very well that i suppose the demands of the game have have kind of changed over time and i was going to jump to jane there next on that and um, you kind of mentioned it um from damien's first question there as well jane that you know you've seen kind of a change through um i suppose different levels of the game and the intensity and and approach from from the girls has kind of increased over the years are you happy enough to talk about that for a minute yeah yeah um so i suppose we would have started off um 
coming from Division Four in the league and then coming from junior, effectively junior B um, in championship. So over the years, as you move up the grades, we definitely, you definitely would have seen a, a difference in strength <clears throat> and more so in terms of the, the teams that you're coming up with uh, in terms of skill as well and, and quickness and speed. Um, but I think that the real eye opener for me from a strength and conditioning point and from a from a, just an overall fitness point of view was when we went from uh, intermediate grade up into senior. Um, I think that was a real shock to the system. But to be honest, it's it's probably the only way that you're going to to improve is to be playing at the highest level. Um, and that's all what we what we wanted to be to be doing. It's it's the level that you want to be competing in if you want to uh, to get better and to promote sports. So I know definitely our first game in at senior was against the All Ireland Champions against Cork, and I felt I felt every single lump and bump the next day. Um, the girls might necessarily have been physically taller or or bigger than us, but they were just physically stronger and quicker. Um, and that's purely down to to strength and conditioning. Yes, they they be um, and there's there's no reason why a lot of the girls on our team wouldn't be able to play at senior level, and we have played at senior level. But it's in terms of the quickness and, and playing as a team at that level. That's something that you you have to be doing day in day out for for years to to be able to compete at that level. So there was definitely a, a step up, and I'm sure the girls girls in the football squad would would feel the same. And I'm sure it'll be a, a, to be able to for competing at, at senior level. You just need to be up upping your your training and upping upping the intensity. Um so yeah, that's a that's a huge part. Yeah, yeah. Um no some some excellent points there. Vicky, have you gotten tired? No, I think the girls have touched most of it. Um I think there has been huge, huge improvements. And like Moira said, it's so good for us to see as a team, you know, the amount of uh, the difference in the lifts that are happening over the last few years. But I think one thing that I always kind of just think of is the fact that like the younger girls in our team now, so the minors coming up and the likes of Dougie or Lalali and all those girls like I we always just say like how lucky they are that they've been getting this since they're like 17 18 like I think it's it will stand to them so much you know they have this groundwork put in and like Moira said like let's say 2017 so she would have been in her 20s starting it so I think it's just key to I think keep starting it at that young age to keep it to progress throughout the years yeah yeah and as Jane said like when you're looking to compete at a higher level um yeah you have to face that day in day out and I suppose um, as each of yourself and, and Moira have said, it, it takes a lot of work to to get to that stage, and it probably takes even more work to um, to stay there and to to compete at that level. Uh, so, so the earlier that that can be implemented, the the better outcome you're going to have. Definitely, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that's some really good uh, listening there with the kind of, I suppose. We touched a big bit on the kind of physical demands they have kind of moving from club to county, especially in how the game has progressed. Um, first of all, before I move on to this question, it's going to tie into, I want to congratulate you, Vicky, on you've been lately really promoting your own personal story around the emotional side um, and the personal life kind of um, demands that playing county and being more in the spotlight has um put on you as a player so I might actually get you to talk a little bit about that and then we're maybe ask the girls as well about their own um, personal journey and struggles that they may come upon as well so maybe I'll ask Vicky maybe tell a little bit about your little story there. Yeah so I suppose it probably wasn't something I thought would get the reaction that it has um, definitely overwhelmed by it and I suppose people reaching out obviously shows that it maybe is a bit more of a problem than even I'd thought 
Um, so I just talked about maybe from 2017 during my leaving cert, I put on a fair bit of weight, you know, and it affected how I played the game, which obviously it does. You know, I wasn't able to run as fast as I wanted to. I wasn't able to, I wasn't as sharp as I was, as I wanted to be. So I suppose I knew myself maybe that I had um, taken a bit of a toll on my game. But then obviously from 2017, 2018, maybe onwards, um, just heard a lot of it from sideline and stuff like that. So. I think um, I had a conversation with a few of my friends just during the week and I was kind of saying maybe at the time if you'd asked me like did it affect me um, and did it get under my skin and stuff like that I probably would have told you no I would have said no no I'm much stronger than that and I'll react I'll pop a point over the bar or score a goal and that's how I react to it and I do stand by that and I think it's it is a good way to react to it but I think when I look back in hindsight like it definitely did have an effect at me you know when there's men on the sideline that could be the same age as my dad and stuff like that saying things about you and you at a vulnerable age for body image as a, as a young woman as well so I suppose yeah I think now that I think it's it's become a bit easier for me to talk about it because maybe I'm out the other side but um at the time I probably would have just denied it and and wouldn't have um maybe had the courage to admit that it was having a bit of an effect on me yeah and I suppose a big thing you know, has been able to come out and talk openly about it now. And I think that's going to be massive for a lot of young girls wanting to compete. And I suppose, you know, sometimes as coaches, categorising all us, all our players to be the one norm that we all have to be this kind of robotic kind of player that does exactly the same and shape the same as every other player. And that's not the way things, I suppose, happened. Um, I suppose what I'd like to ask was, would... You say the support circle that you had helped a lot, even to come out and talk about the situation, knowing that you had that kind of support behind you, would that have made it a lot easier to talk about? Um, I don't think it was maybe a huge decision in my head that I said I'm going to come out and kind of talk about this issue. I'd said, I'd, you know, that in the situation that arose, I said I'd mention it. I definitely, as I said, didn't think it would have the reaction. Um, I would have talked closely to my mum and dad about it before. You know, obviously it was something that I was self-conscious of and decided to make a change so it was them that I went to first of all to kind of discuss like what process to take and how I'd go about it but I suppose like you say like every player is not the same you know so like regardless of my weight like strength would have been something that would have been one of my key strengths on the pitch so like that was something that I was conscious that I didn't want to lose you know that kind of way like I wanted to increase my speed but like I wanted to keep my strength as well Mm. so yeah I suppose um having that support support system of maybe just even a person to talk to about it definitely did help um probably didn't talk to a huge amount of people about it um, previously, but I suppose, yeah, just even having one person you can reach out to is important. Yeah, I suppose when you say you keep your strength, I, I watched a good few games with that strength right straight through the middle and the ball end up in the back of the net. So it was key to keep that strength for that reason alone. Um, I suppose I want to go to maybe Moira there and ask, you know, did you have any personal struggles? It might not be to the same extent, but, you know, coming and maybe being in the the spotlight or even say being the captain last year would there be did you feel a bit more emotional kind of demand on you as the player um i suppose kind of maybe um over the the last number of years um i suppose having to to deal with all ireland final defeats um the two in a row um the two all ireland final losses in a row were kind of two two things that were kind of really kind of I think affected us all individually and as a team um, and I suppose in 2019 when I was the captain you know you do I suppose you do kind of take it um, probably maybe a bit more personal for rightly or wrongly um, when I suppose the team doesn't succeed and um, you know you're the one kind of 
carrying out all the interviews and the stuff beforehand and you know you're the one saying that you you back you back the team and you back yourself and you know all this and you do and I suppose on the day you know it can still kind of go wrong but I suppose um you kind of feel that bit of um you've kind of let the team down nearly I suppose I don't know you kind of a bit of it you kind of go in on yourself maybe a little bit and mm. um I suppose after I think after the 2019 um, final, I actually myself and Vicky still kind of laugh about it. Um, I think it was like the day after, maybe two days after the the loss, we were still all together, um, and it was uh, it was kind of a bleak scenes of you know girls just kind of all together but sitting on their own and kind of um, you know fighting back the tears and that kind of I suppose you you don't kind of realize the kind of emotional side that goes with an all Ireland final and and the loss of it um you know you, you kind of do grieve it not to not to be dramatic but you know you've put so much into it and um you know you're 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 on the the front stage for for the first time in, in that year you know like ladies football doesn't really get much recognition throughout the year or you know people don't necessarily really care about it until you're kind of on the big stage in Crow Park and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a big interest around the county and, and further afield. So um, I suppose when the limelight is on you for that one day and and you don't perform, it's um, it's kind of hard to, to take. So I suppose, you know, there was a bit of, yeah, the, the emotional side of it, but, you know, um, then heading into into the final, um, I, I was very confident, but I suppose you still have that that little voice uh, at the back of your head saying, you know, if you if you lose another one, um, you know, where do we kind of go from here? Um, so, um, yeah, I suppose there was, there's definitely a bit of a an emotional element to to being in all Ireland finals, and as great as they are, when when you lose them, it's it's the worst place in the world to be in Crow Park, um, surrounded by by everyone who's come out to support you, um, probably a lot of them for the first time that year, um, so I suppose you you kind of it it stays with you. But um, it was made up for it, I suppose, this year. Yeah, and I, I suppose, as you mentioned, losing those two finals would be kind of highly emotional. As you say, it's a roller coaster, but it kind of shows the strength of the team, the strength of the girls as individuals to be able to come back again and again and really shows the demand that you wanted. I suppose, um, following on, Jane, I know, again, you were a dual player, so you would have had, again, the maybe the personal struggle of having to decide that moment then, or oh, am I going to just go camogie, just play football or try and hang on to both? Yeah, it was, um, to be fair, it was kind of a, it was a hard decision. I know pretty much, I'd say if you look at the Mead camogie panel, even today, the majority of the girls would have played football all up along, like, and obviously Mead is a, is a football strong county. We wouldn't be known for camogie. And I suppose there's that, maybe the element of the, Football is probably the more, maybe more glamorous, if you can even say that type of sport, because there is that little bit more media, even though I know it's it's getting better and better, but it probably is that little bit further ahead of Camogie. So to make the decision to play Camogie, to be honest, for me, it was just the pure love of the game. I, I love playing it. Um, and at the time, a lot of my my really good friends, my best friends were playing it as well. And I think that's a, a big big part of it I'm sure that the girls would say the same in terms of playing with me, with me football I'm sure they're they're incredibly strong friends with with all of the girls on the team and I think that's a huge huge part like we would have played on a on a minor uh camogie team and a lot of the girls would have followed through onto the onto the senior panel um and I think that was kind of probably the turning point for me um and then also I just I just love playing the game and I was I was good at it at the time so um that helped and 
Uh, another actually factor, now thinking back to it, was um, our club, so Blackall Gales, uh, really only set up the camogie section around that time as well. So it was it was really starting to take off for for me personally and in, in from a, a personal life with my my home friends and all that side of things too. So I suppose that was just the focus at the time, and that, that's where it took me. Um, but I did I did love playing football as well. But I suppose my heart was probably always with camogie. So so hence why I'm still there. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, we're just conscious. Uh, Vicky has assignments to get submitted uh, in a short period of time. So uh, yeah, I know sorry. you're going to be jumping off soon, Vicky. I have one last question just to uh, to run by you before you go, um, because obviously this is a coaching based podcast. Uh, we always like to kind of have that angle on things. Um, so I'm just going to start with yourself and then, it, you know, when you're finished answering, if you want to leave us, that's absolutely fine. Um, have you got a specific moment that a coach has impacted you? If you were to think back, do you know, is there any one moment that you can can highlight or identify straight away that a coach has had a, a big impact on on your life or, or on your your playing career, do you know, whether it be skills, strength and conditioning, something more on the emotional side of things? Um, how have you been impacted by coaches throughout your journey? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, some coaches definitely stand out, probably two in particular. And... Um, underage would have been for county would be Michael Griffin I was involved with him from under 12 to under 16s and and I suppose he always he was the one coach you know that kind of at my start in my career he always just instilled such confidence in me and and I remember specifically we did the blitz every year in Carlo you know you're training with under 12s and you think it's literally the all-iron final there's like 14, 15 teams go up to Carlo and you play in your blitzes and we were the green me team for the day and the yellow me team down the back. You're kind of checking up on who's winning what games. Um, and I remember we were going down on the way in the bus and in the car park, he used to always announce in the car park who the captain was for the day. And I was kind of sitting there and I remember I was, uh, he told me I'd be playing full back for the day or whatever. So I was preparing myself for that in the back, you know, under 12 tactics, really serious stuff. <laughs> and he said, um, he said I was the captain. And I remember just being like, oh my God, like this is, this is going to be like historic, like, you know, that kind of way. And I got off the bus and I was taking it so seriously. I was probably so bossy on the day and just bossing everyone around. Um, but uh, yeah, he just, even the, the fact that he kind of had the confidence in me to do that and that definitely, I think, kind of stemmed my confidence, maybe gave me a bit more confidence in my game and the player I am. And then I suppose just another one would have been a school coach I had, um, Dunnikin McCarrick, he was our soccer coach and we had such crack for the six years I was there, you know, we always used to go down the bus and one thing I liked kind of about him as a coach is that I don't think in the six years I ever heard him say anything negative to anyone on our team. You know, he was literally the most encouraging man I've ever met in my life. So I suppose maybe uh, we got we had a bit of success, a small amount of soccer success with the team full of GA players. But I suppose um, just the way he kind of treated all the girls and everything like that probably has stayed with me for a long time as well. Excellent stuff. Um, I'm sure Meyer was in the background there, uh, empathising about the the captaincy role there, the uh, how how, it, how inspiring it can be, um, and and it's great to hear as well that like a coach can have a positive impact by being positive. Um, do you know that sometimes as coaches, I suppose we can kind of look at things and and trying to improve players, but ultimately yeah. a coach is a facilitator. We're we're just giving you the best platform to improve yourself. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. 
um, I, I think that's kind of a, a good message for coaches to take away from that. That positivity can give a positive impact on a player, and uh, and you know it's something that, that that still lives with you. So, um, that's excellent. Now I know you have to jump off. So just for myself, anyway, I just want to say thanks, William, for for joining us t- this evening. Thanks a million for having me. Thanks very much. I'm sorry yeah. to, to be running Thanks off. very much, Ricky. It's great to have you on. Um, just following on from that, uh, Mara, since since the captaincy was mentioned, <laughs> uh, we'll go to you yeah. next. Um, have you uh, uh, anything that jumps out to you in terms of, of coaches' impact in your um, your journey? Yeah, I, to be honest, I'd say I've been I've been very lucky um, so far in terms of the coaches I've had um, over the years. Um many jump out to me um jump jump to mind to be honest um in terms of having a positive impact but I suppose the the two up at at senior level that I've or at at level that I've had uh, the first was um Lara Wall um who when I came in 2013 he was the manager and um I suppose I kind of came up um I suppose like before Vicky said when there was that kind of core group and Jamie and your your sisters would have been part of that um you know of that really successful me team um with that that group of players and I, I don't I think your sisters had had um retired from senior county at that stage but um you know there was still a good core group of Town and Alton's girls there so I suppose coming up onto a team with with all them you know it was inspiring but it was also quite daunting as well and I suppose he just I I, I felt he managed the the mix quite well you know there was a, a big gap in terms of age from from those girls right down to to myself um and a couple of others who were, were up on the panel then and um, you know that year I just I just felt very secure and in a, in a comfortable environment and I think if a, if a coach can create a, you know a comfortable environment that's absolutely half the battle Um, so you know he's he's definitely one that that sticks out and he, he made me under 21 captain that year as well actually uh, which was great we got to the all-around final that year um, and then I suppose um, you know Eamon Wall and, and Paul Garrigan the, the two you can't really say one without the other because they're they're kind of the the ultimate mix um so um but yeah no they they have been a massive influence um you know on me individual like Eamon Murray I've had him as a manager from under 14s the whole way up um have won two All-Irelands under underneath them so um he's he's been a massive influence and and Paul is just somebody who I've I've never met somebody like him before in my life he's just absolutely he's a fanatic um he's a perfectionist and you know, he obviously he gave me the the opportunity to to um you know climb those steps of of Crow Park and and lift the the All Ireland Trophy on behalf of me. Then so you know as a as a coach, um I'll be forever in his in his debts. But um yeah no they, they, again he's he's somebody who just creates a real professional and and serious environment, uh, which is something that all the girls have have bought into. Um so. And um, I suppose they're they're three. I named three. I mentioned name two. Sorry, <laughs> there's three. Yeah, uh, three coaches who have have had a big impact on me. I say, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Um, so what we're getting so far is captaincy seems to be very important for girls. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then the in- integration of ages yeah. is, is something then that we picked up on there as well. So because uh, Vicky had mentioned it earlier on, you know, coming into a squad and you're kind of a little bit unsure yourself. So. As as a coach, is something to be aware of that you know your your um your group are integrating 
uh, new members into the team and you know that that everybody feels comfortable and obviously that's going to have a big impact on on a squad as well so that was excellent Moira thanks a million for that um Jane we're going to go to you last if that's okay yeah no problem um I suppose touching on on what Vicky was saying in terms of from her early career and this is really going back in time but um I actually only really got back into playing camogie so I would have played underage hurling with with black hole because uh, we didn't have a camogie set up and it, was, it wasn't until I went to secondary school I went to, to Loretto and Navin it wasn't until I went there and play, started playing camogie with the school team that our, t- our manager at the time uh, was Mr Lacey and, and Miss O'Carroll in, in Loretto were um, they basically turned around to me and said you need to join a club so that was in first year of, of uh, secondary school so it was from there that when the, the uh, Black Hall start, started up so that was kind of if it wasn't for them probably playing in school, I may not have gotten into it and I probably would have, would be still playing football now at that stage. Um and then I suppose when you when you look at, at Meath Camogie, you mentioned Meath Camogie, I don't think you can you can talk about it without talking about John Davis. Um obviously would have played with him as my manager for I think it was thirteen years in total or twelve years in total, which is, is a long time to be one one uh, manager now we he had uh, different selectors and different uh, coaches throughout the years there with him but I suppose he was the constant throughout the the whole um my whole career with with uh Meath Camogie so um I'd have a lot to 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 owe to him um he was a very very passionate man um and I think a good few of the girls uh would would testament to this like if things weren't going right he'd let you know um there was many a time we'd be in a in a a dressing room at half time where he'd be hitting a, a physio's table or, or uh, throwing <laughs> water balls at walls and stuff and you, you, you'd be almost uh, holding your, your helmet close to you to, to put back on but to be honest that was for me it was really like when you can see that it means so much to somebody on the sideline it makes you push yourself that a little bit further on, on the pitch and you need to have that uh, bit of drive and a bit of kind of passion on the sideline I think from a from a coach and from a, a manager because it means that it, it obviously means so much to them so it's a very thankless job. Uh, I think I don't know if I'd have the patience to do it myself, although I'm still playing, so I might change my tune when I stop playing. But uh, it's, um, I think all coaches and managers, especially at, at county level, deserve as much as you can give them on the pitch. So um, I'd have a lot to, to owe to the, to the guys all over the years for me because it wasn't easy for a lot, a long, long time. So um it it only it only really comes to fruition when you actually win a cup or win a win all Ireland and we were very lucky like like Maura and, and Vicky to be able to walk up the steps in Crow Park. There's very few uh Mead captains that can say that they, they walked up the steps and lifted the cup. So it's it's nice to be part of that that group. Yep, that super answer that. Um I suppose what I noticed there in your answer there, Jane, was that you had kind of influences from club and from school that you you know, without uh, nearly the school teachers pushing you to go and get involved in the club, it could have been a, fo- a completely football career for you. So um, I suppose for people listening in, that you know, it's not always club coaches that have the influence on us as players. It can be anyone on or off the pitch. Um, I, I suppose it's, I'm going to ask you a question that's kind of leading in. You nearly, you nearly answered the question yourself there, Jane. Yeah, you haven't talked a step towards coaching yet, but... What I'm going to put towards both yourself and Moira is when you maybe decide that you would like to take up a coaching role, um, it's kind of a two-part question. What do you think your coaching approach would be? 
So I know that both of us, the words fanatical and passionate came up there. So maybe they might be uh, prompting an approach that you might go with. And also, what would be a, a key piece of advice that you'd give to players that maybe you would find that would be highly beneficial to them? So maybe we'll go to you, Moira, first. Yeah, so I suppose as a coach coming in, I think it would it would depend on the team um, that, you know, I'm taking as a club, is it is a county or that? But I suppose, you know, if, if you're coming in to a, a county setup, um, you know, you have a bunch of, of players there who are very driven if they're there in the first place before they even, you know, put on the boots, um, you know, and, and step onto the pitch. They're they're a very driven individual. Um, you know, they want to play at a high level and they want to they want to achieve they want to achieve the highest that, that they can. Um so you know, you need to obviously be of, of the same and, and singing off the same hymn sheet and, and I suppose, you know, there's there's a lot of great coaches out there, um, you know, that will have everything, all the, the I's dots and, and the T's crossed. But um, I think a really important element as well is, you know, to to have a a relationship kind of with the players and that, like I said before, creating a, a comfortable environment. And that's, and I don't mean by a comfortable environment, you know, that it's it's taking part that counts. It's a happy place. Like not, not necessarily that kind of, but, you know, that it's, it's a place where players want to be and want to, to get the best out of themselves um but i suppose you know it, it depends on the the players you have there um and, and again like i said if you're, if you're going to count your club it could be a different approach if you're taking a club team but um i think knowing your players and and trying to get the best out of them is is what every coach should should strive to to do yeah that's super yeah i suppose um as you say our own and even Dermot kind of touched on it dead that we're there to facilitate the players and our job is to make them try and be the best that they can be and bring out the best in them. But if you're not generating that positive kind of environment as a coach, how can you expect to have a positive feedback from your players? You know, there's not there's a, a fine line between dictatorship and democracy, I suppose. Mm. So give it giving players that that room to kind of blossom and develop as players, but also maybe feeding them into a blueprint of how you want to coach them, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, sorry, was that a question? No, sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, if you had, uh, if you did have a view on that, would that kind of be where you were kind of coming from? It that you know that to give the platform to the players to what you want them to achieve, but kind of let them go out and achieve it them, themselves, kind of thing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think, you know, you can't do the work for them, joking away, but you know, if you've all the, the tools in place, um, you know, they'll 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 strive themselves. Um but I, I think, you know, uh, a welcoming and and healthy environment is is key to any team uh being successful and, and players getting the, the most out of themselves. Okay, that's super. And Jane, maybe if you do make that final step into coaching someday, a good few more years playing, obviously, um, what do you think your kind of coaching approach would be maybe into either club, maybe for a club coach and a county coach, would it be different or would you go with the same approach? Yeah, I am. Um, in fairness, um, Moira, I completely agree with everything that you're saying there. I think having the right environment is probably the number one. Um, to me, between club and county, 
it, it is a slightly different um, setup in terms of maybe the, the commitment that's required and maybe that's it might be different in football but for me anyway it, it, it that is the case um, I think from a county perspective professionalism is probably for for me the number one uh, I think if you've got a professional setup um, and and have the right setup in place you'll get the results from the players I think and it, it's a case of of getting a winning environment into the camp I think there's, there's nothing better from a play, player perspective than playing on a team that's winning um, and it, you can only really get better when you're playing on a team that's winning the, the positivity just comes out it, um, the team gets on it gels it, that's really for me to try and get the winning mentality going uh, from a coaching perspective it just brings out the best in everything uh, from a team perspective I feel um, from a club perspective I love playing with, with my club I love playing with Blackhall um, we have a, a super setup with with the guys we're very lucky at the moment we call them witty and and a few of the guys in there uh, mentoring with them. And it's just a really good environment. Um, now, we may not be winning senior championships, but it's an environment that you you're, you you enjoy going playing matches. Um, even if you don't, <laughs> we're, we're struggling and we have struggled over the last couple of years for, for numbers, but I think that's the same across the, the county clubs at club level for, for a lot of the smaller clubs. And um, sometimes that can be quite draining and quite hard to know that you're going playing a match where you might only have 16 players and you're there's a lot of pressure on you to to perform and to play well um but to be fair to 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 my club they they've always been so supportive when it comes to county and for training and all that sort of stuff so it it's it's enjoyable going back playing um and at the end of the day you want to play club you want to play with your your friends from home and that's that's the number one I think for for any county to a county player um and maybe it, it depends on the level that you're playing with with your club and and if you're winning and all that side of things. But, but I suppose back to your, your your question in terms of the actual approach I would take, I think there is a, a slightly different approach for county to, to club, but that's just in, in my situation. Um, and I think you asked in terms of a, a piece of advice as well. Like I think no matter, even if you're playing club or county, it really comes down to your commitment. Um, as, as committed as you can be, you're going to see the results. So... Uh, and I'm sure Maura would 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 agree. Like when it comes to county, you just have to be committed if you if you want to win. Uh, there's there's not there's nothing there's no rocket science uh, about it in terms of when it comes to training. If you're if you're not fully committed, you won't get the results. So, um, and that comes down to if, to everything from from your actual personal life, from your your what you're eating, what you're how much sleep you're getting, how much you're training, how much you're not training. Everything just just flows into it. Uh, and then from a friendship point of view and family point of view and all that side of things you have to balance it um but it's 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 you have to have that commitment there to to really really succeed i think um you're literally just after answering the last question we we're going to ask there <laughs> 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 um we're, we're conscious of, of time and and not keeping you too much longer so that was our last question that we have for you was um, you might maybe elaborate on it maybe a little bit further, but for any young up and coming girls in the world of sports, so even if it's outside of GA um, and outside of commitment, now that you've just uh, just uh, highlighted that and, and outlined what it takes, um, is there anything else that you'd give in terms of advice to uh, to say you know up and coming girls that are are you know as as driven by their sports as as you are. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, well, I suppose from a from a skills point of view, and fitness point of view, I think from, from in Camogie anyway, skill is is such a, a big part of it, and it's just practice makes perfect. Like, 
you have to have your hurl in your hand uh, pretty much as much as you can. And I suppose, especially nowadays with, with COVID, I probably haven't had it in my hand as much as I should have. Um, but hopefully now when we get back on the pitch, it'll be it'll be a bit easier to get, get into pitches and get into hurling walls. But it's really it's really about practicing your skills and, and keeping on top of it. Even when you're not training, you need to be doing your own own bit, t- tipping away at the at the hurling wall or say if you're a free taker that you're you're down practicing your frees yourself. Same in football, I'm, I'm sure from for a free taker's point of view. So it's just really being committed and and uh, and practice practice makes perfect. Yeah, you, you you summed it up in what you had said even before I'd asked the question that it, it is that commitment and I think commitment drives everything else that um that that comes. Uh, so yeah, you've 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 answered the question for me already. Uh, Mara, have you anything different or anything else to to add to that? What what advice would you give? No, I think I think Jane nailed it on the head there. Like it is, it, it really does come down to commitment. And like she said, it's a jigsaw. And you know, if if you're missing a piece, you know, if if your your physical training and you know your nutrition and your sleep and you know, there's so many elements that. And I think Jane will probably agree. Like the older you get, the kind of the more you kind of realise that it's kind of you, you wish you kind of developed maybe on on some things. Maybe when you're a bit younger, um, you know, I still find myself out at a kicking wall practicing my left foot, and it's something that I didn't do for years. Um, and it's something that the game requires now. So, you know, as the as the the standard of the game improves, you know, your skills need to as well. So. Um, you know, I would, I, I kind of like Vicky said earlier. You know, we're always saying to the the miners, you know, like while you while you have the time now, you know, this is this is the time to to perfect those those little bits, get those those marginal gains. Um, you know that we probably are maybe a bit too too late in our in our careers to be perfecting now, but I suppose it's something we just have to to keep working at. But yeah, no, the commitment and and the whole kind of the life approach to it is is kind of really the key the key to be successful in it and I suppose if if there's a, a young player out there listening now who maybe is not practicing with their their weak hands or or their their weak foot um you know that's something I would if I could go back in time I would I would be focusing on brilliant excellent stuff there and, and you're you're echoing what we're saying all the time that regardless if you're if you're camogie hurling football ladies football uh, or any other sport for that for that matter it's it's both sides all the time um and eventually you won't have a weak side you'll ha- you just have a left and a right and, and and that's the way it should be um so brilliant brilliant from both of you there thank you for that um damien have you wanted to finish up before we let the girls go um no first of all i just want to say a big thanks to the three girls for coming on i think you've not just give food for thought for young girls up and coming girls i want to you know, reach the pinnacle, you know, get to, as you said, walk up the steps of Crow Park, which is, I think, every young boy and girl's dream who's set out on the GA journey. But you've also given a little insight to coaches of, you know, a positive approach that's had on you and maybe a little kind of food for thought for the coaches, how to maybe approach the plays in a more uh open manner as you said creating that positive environment for learning the whole time so yeah thanks very much for all the kind of content that you've given us this evening it's it actually a pleasure to sit and listen to the stories that you came up with um so yeah thanks very much and i'm sure everyone's gonna enjoy listening in Brilliant. thanks for thanks for having no problem.
Cheers, guys. Okay, so that's it for another episode. Thanks a million for joining us. Again, uh, just to reiterate what Damien said, a big thanks to uh, the three girls, Maura, Vicky, and to Jane as well for the br- brilliant insights. Um, there's some fa- fantastic takeaways there for anyone in sport, never mind girls in sport. Um, so I'm sure this will be a great listen. Um, so we hope you enjoyed the episode and that you will join us again for the next one. So thanks for listening. <laughs>